pull backs, I welcome them with open arms because you separate the strong stocks and the weak ones. And then it just sets the stage for another leg higher. After the selling is over, then we can always step in and buy again on the way back up. Knowing in advance what you're going to do when the bullets start flying gives you so much clarity. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Vincent. I'm the voice of Last Week in the Market. Adam Sarhan, he'll be joining us soon. He is the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam is an independent trader. He's a Forbes contributor. He is the author of the book, Psychological Analysis, How to Make Money, Outsmart the Market, and Join the Smart Money Circle. He's also the author of the Find Leading Stocks newsletter, Stock Tips for Independent Self-Guided Traders. I talked to Adam on Friday, at noon when the market had had a nice rally after a big pullback in the middle of the week. After we stopped talking, we saw a big dip. The week ended lower. And now the big question is, are we in a pullback or in a bear market rally? But before we get to all of that, remember that in the market, the past does not predict the future. No results are typical and there is inherent risk when trading in the market. This podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice. It's the week of August 7th, 2023. Let's do this thing. We saw a pullback midweek and Friday morning it looked like we had bottomed out and would end the week up until things fell off a cliff on Friday afternoon. We're seeing a lot of volatility in the market. What does that mean for traders? Adam explains. Right now, Adam says that he's tightening up his stops and waiting for the market to present new buying opportunities. Adam's going to tell us a little bit about how he uses stops in his amped trading strategy. But first, here's Adam talking about whether we're in a short-term pullback or in a bear market rally. So the, the lesson is that the market's pulling back. The way that the market works, it, it, it ebbs and flows. Its state changes. So think of you, Sean, sometimes you're excited, sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're tired, sometimes you're elated. Everybody's state changes and the market state changes as well. So there's only three big scenarios or three states for the market. One, it's up, two, it's down, three, it's sideways. Now within that, if you guys dive deeper on different time frames, in other words, a daily chart's different than a monthly chart, a monthly is different than an annual chart, every time frame tells a different story. So the state could change on the short term, but intermediate and long term, it's a, still perfectly fine. It's an uptrend. So many times you see stocks pull back, which are pretty heavy pullbacks, and they scare a lot of people out. But the intermediate, and that's in the short term, but the intermediate and long term trend still remains up. And that's what's happening right now. We had a very big rally this year. The market has really gone straight up since March. It hasn't touched its 50-day moving average, which is a place that it tends to pull back into several times over the course of a year in a healthy uptrend. We haven't touched that since March. So now it's August. All the market's doing now, it's just simply pulling back to digest the big rally it had. So far, the action's healthy. It's a normal pullback. Now, if the if support breaks and if this pullback gets worse, in other words, the selling begets selling and fear takes over, complete different story. We're seeing a little bit of a changing of the guard or the complexions changed a little bit from an overtly strong bullish uptrend to short term, a little bit of a pullback. We're seeing some leading stocks pull back and get hit 
which is normal in pullbacks because pullbacks are good. They're counterintuitive for a few reasons. One, they shake out the weak hands. Two, they separate the real leaders, the strong stocks from the weak ones. And then three, they give us a chance to step in and buy the bounce after the dip is over. So that's, from my standpoint, to answer the question, short term, we're seeing a change of guard that the market's pulling back after a very strong uptrend, which is normal and healthy. The key going forward is, is the pullback going to be a shallow pullback in size and scope, meaning a small percent decline, and it doesn't last long? Or is this going to evolve or morph into something more severe? And the answer is, frankly, nobody knows. Time will tell. But for now, we just take it one day at a time. And for now, the market's just simply pulling back to digest a very strong rally. So in one of your newsletters this week, you talk about the idea that this could be a short-term, shallow pullback in an overall rally that we're seeing, or it's possible that this rally we've seen is just sort of a mid-bear market rally at the beginning of a much longer, deeper, uglier bear market. Pretty 100%. So pretty much my job, our job as investors or traders, it's to manage risk. In order to manage risk effectively, and then that's a primary job, is to be able to anticipate what could go wrong. And I'm not saying predict. There's no crystal ball. I don't have price targets or predictions. And I don't even want to eat for dinner tonight, let alone where the market's going to be in a week or a month from now or a year from now. So instead of trying to do that, I just interpret what I see happening and stay aligned or stay in sync and harmony with the market as best I can. Now, in order to, under, to do that, you have to understand there's possibilities and there's probabilities anything is possible in life look if you would have told me in march of forget march in february of 2020 hey this covid thing is going to shut down the whole world i would have said yeah it's no big deal we've seen sars we've seen zika we've seen mad cow disease we've seen all these different things none of them shut down the world why would this one shut down the world and a global pandemic and yada 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 and i did dismiss it and i was dead wrong well, okay, the probability of that happening was low, but it did happen. So if you're able to understand the probabilities that anything can happen at any point in time and then plan accordingly, you're thinking ahead, looking to the right of the chart, you're way ahead of the game. So what's ne- what now? The market's just pulling back. But if you step back, there's one of two scenarios. Either this is a shallow pullback in a longer-term uptrend. We're in the new bull market, new phase. You know, We're going to go higher for the next several years. Or... This big rally from October of 22 all the way until July or August of 23 could be just a big bear market rally. We're up about 52%. Well, back in the 2000 dot-com crash, the NASDAQ jumped 51% in, I think it was like seven or eight weeks, and then it failed and hit new lows. So could this be a big bear market rally? Yeah, absolutely. The probability of that happening is extremely low with single digits in my opinion, but could that probability go up significantly over the next several weeks if we see a lot more selling? Absolutely. And that's the important part of thinking out of the box. It's you're able to step in there and say, okay, what could go wrong? Plan accordingly. And then go out there and make sure that the decisions you make are aligned with most likely what will happen, the probability of success. Stack those odds of success in your favor. Sure. So two things I want to say there. One is, I think it's hilarious that you just yada, yada, yada the entire global pandemic. So thanks for that Seinfeld throwback. And and two, uh, 
tell me if I'm accurate in how you're thinking about this, right? So you've, you've given two very different scenarios of what this price action that we're seeing right now could mean, right? Either it's a little blip on a nice big new rally, or this rally is a little blip in a longer term bear market. Two very different uh, prognoses, right? Two very different, if you were going to bet on one or the other, uh, you're going to make different decisions, I think. But we, you're, what I love about you is you're not going to pretend to know which one this is. You're not going to say, oh, I'm pretty confident it's this. So you're going to make decisions based on what we know, guided with uh, uh, an understanding of what the divergent possibilities are. And so, the, so what I read uh, in your newsletter this week is that you're pulling your stops up. So to let our listeners know, when we say stops, what do we mean exactly? And pulling them up, what effect does that have for you facing this uncertainty that we have? Does it just reduces your risk? So stops. There's just a simple term when you buy a stock, you can buy it at the market, you can use a buy stop, or you can use a limit in order to buy it at lower prices. So if you want to just buy the stock, just buy it. You're buying it at the market. If you want to buy it above the market, let's say the stock's going between twenty and twenty-five for six months, and you don't want to get caught in that sideways action, so you want to buy it if it goes above twenty-five because it's breaking above resistance, breaking above a ceiling, you know, it's a breakout. Well, okay, you could put a buy stop at 2510 or 2501 or wherever you want, 26, it doesn't matter. You can buy it above the market. That would be a buy stop. Now, a buy limit order would be if you're buying it below the market, you want to go buy it at a lower price. You're going to wait for it to get down to 19 or 18 and then buy it there. That's not my style to use buy limit orders, but I'm just explaining what they are in case people are confused about it. When you look at the stops is at, let's say you buy it at 25.10, it goes above 25, you buy it. Now you're in it. Let's say it goes to 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Great. You're loving life. You're making money. Everything's good. I always have a sell stop in place. And what that means is I'm going to know or exactly know where I'm going to exit if the stock rolls over and goes down after I'm in it. So before I even enter, I do this work on there's initial st buy stops and sell stops. And then I, there's trailing stops. You raise them as the stock goes up. So initially I'm going to buy it at, let's say 26.10 and I might risk four or 5%. If it goes down four or 5% below my entry, I'll get out. Now, if I'm stopped out at a loss of let's say 5% below my entry, that's fine. What happens to my portfolio? I size my positions to make sure I only lose a maximum of 1% on any given idea, typically less than that, but a maximum of 1%. So, okay, you could do the math in your portfolio. You could see how much if I lose 1%, how many shares can I buy if I enter here, exit here, and that's that. If the stock goes up, let's say it goes to 30 or 35, 40, and you bought it at 25, then you can keep your stop at break even. You can keep it at a loss. You can move it to break even, or you can move it up as the stock goes up. I like to move it up, but I don't want to choke the position, meaning I don't want to raise a stop too tight because you have to understand that stocks tend to go up. They pull back a little bit and then they go up again. So you can have the stock double and then pull back 20, 25% and then double again. So it's really important to just give it some room, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you don't give back a lot of your profits because then the gains could get erased in no time and you're toast. So there's a delicate balance. There is no right or wrong way I've found or that I know anyone has found. Instead, for each their own. 
each person finds a right or wrong way for themselves. Yeah. And so, so what you're saying is once you've seen a nice uh, increase in uh, stock price, then you'll decide, okay, I'll move up my stop, my sell stop to a point where this is the most, yes. um, most of my gains I'm willing to give back. And if it goes to this point, I want to sell out and, and I'll call that my profit. So you kind of lock in your profit. Uh, and then, so what this means is, and then you don't want to get stopped out. If we see a, a, a pullback, that's just a temporary blip and it's going to go up. That's our, our scenario a, in what we're seeing right now, you don't want to get stopped yes. out of that new growth, but if it's scenario right. B, then we want to go ahead and lock in the gains that we made and then watch this thing go down and bounce before we get back in. Right. And so when you say you're pulling your stops up is you're kind of hedging against this scenario B you're kind of locking in some of your gains. And now we'll see it's a possibility that you get stopped out and it bounces back up, but it, but then you've locked in profit. And if it continues to go down and this is scenario B just a rally in a longer bear market, then you're in cash now and you can, you have that opportunity when the buying opportunities come back. After the pullback is over or the bear market or the correction or whatever happens after the selling is over, then we can always step in and we, and buy again on the way back up. Now th there's two things that happen with that exercise. Number one is that you're preserving your physical capital, which is your money. Number two, you're preserving your mental capital, which I argue is more important than your physical capital. And that mental capital is priceless because when you're losing a truckload of money, your emotions take over. You don't think straight. And when you make an emotional decision, think about anybody who's in a relationship. One person's heated, screaming, yelling, cursing, going blank, almost blacked out from emotional rage. And the other person's calm, cool, and collected. Who's going to make smarter decisions and say smarter things and take better actions? The one who's calm, cool, and collected. Same thing in the market. I've seen people and myself, I have been times where the emotions just take over and then you do silly, not silly, just another S word, stupid things. This is part of my French there where it's, you're just making subpar decisions. There you go. Three S words all describing <laughs> stupid, the same silly, thing subpar. Yeah. in a row. Yeah. You're making subpar decisions because your emotions have taken over. And that's not the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is to be calm, cool, collected, make rational, smart decisions and then plan in front of the move. In other words, if this market decides to take just take a massive, massive decline and you're not prepared, you're going to be caught off guard. You're going to lose a lot of money. You're going to play Monday morning quarterback, try to shoulda, woulda, shoulda. If you know from now before the big decline comes that there's a possibility that the market goes down and goes down big time, the question becomes, what do you do? And if you're able to plan for it, you know in advance what your plan of your game plan is. And all you've got to do is just trade your plan. So knowing in advance what you're going to do when the bullets start flying gives you so much clarity. And it's a, it's a game changer because the smartest investors in the world have a game plan. They know what they're going to do. Most individual investors don't. Mm. So they're reacting. Whereas the professionals or the smart money are the ones that are planning ahead. Anyone that's successful in just about any business has some kind of plan on what they plan to do in these scenarios if this unfolds. Yeah. So that's how we translate that to market speak, so to speak. Yeah, and we're seeing some volatility right now. Correct. So volatility, Sean's a great point, comes in two sides of the coin. There's upside vol and there's downside vol. So upside volatility means what? Stocks go up big. Downside volatility, people don't like, but that means stocks go down big. So when you have a lot of volatility 
in a short period of time, which has happened over the last two and a half, three weeks now, after a big move up, typically, not always, but typically that's the end of the move, near term, not long term, just short term. It means that we're due for a pullback. That's one. Two, distribution. There's two big fancy words Wall Street you know, people use. There's accumulation and distribution. Accumulation means the big institutions are buying stock and then distribution means they're selling stock. So when you get distribution days, which are heavy volume down days, one or two is no big deal. But when you start getting four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them in a short period of time, two or three weeks, that shows you the complexion is changing and something underneath the surface is happening. That means the big institutions are sellers, not buyers. Mm-hmm. And that typically, when you compound the fact that you get heightened volatility after a big move up, suggests or increases the odds that the market's in for a short-term, if not intermediate-term, pullback. Gotcha. Which makes uh, looking for what we're going to see in this coming week in the market uh, an exciting proposition. Oh, it's never a dull moment on Wall Street. I can tell you that much. For I've been doing this since the '90s, Sean. It's it's never a dull moment. Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park said, "Hold on to your butts." You know it. Final thought, Adam. Uh, you're talking about the, the the market has a mood or a complexion, and I know you're familiar with yes. Central Florida weather. And and yes. we're my wife and I were out in the the patio last night. I'm like, I got something on the grill. If weather's moving in, I got to put up this big umbrella to protect the grill from the water, right? Yes. And man, like this, we have this beautiful view of the the southern sky, and see so we can see stuff moving in. And this gnarly bunch of gray, dark black clouds come in, and I said we're going to get hammered, right? It's just going to be the deluge. Yep. I hope the umbrella holds up. And we got uh, it, it went by us, and we got a sprinkling and the most amazing double rainbow <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And you just never know. We, I had to prepare for uh, the deluge and I got a beautiful show at sunset with a double rainbow and some great uh, country pork ribs, by the way. Because I got caught in a rainbow yesterday. I'm going to show, I know you can't see this everybody, but I can show Sean. There's a rainbow behind me here. Yeah. So yesterday, in that same exact rainstorm that you hit, I had also, but I was able to catch a little rainbow there. So um, I know exactly what rainbow you Yeah, yeah. I, I took a picture with Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and that's a nice too. metaphor for the, yeah. the storms in the market is that there's a there's a 100%. rainbow out there coming no matter what. So, Oh, there's a – think about you know Matthew McConaughey has got a great book called Green Lights. It's the concept of after every red light, there's a green light, vice versa. So after every uptrend, which we just had – you get a red light or a yellow light. It's pa- The market's going to pause, digest. That's normal. It's healthy. Welcome it. Because as long as you're prepared for it, you don't have big losses, and you're preparing in advance, mm-hmm. those pullbacks are healthy because they set the stage for the next green light, which happens after every red light. So there's no reason right now to do anything but understand the fact that odds are increasing that the market's due to pull back. Okay, ask yourself, what are you going to do before the pullback gets severe? And then if it does get really bad, what are you going to do? If it's a normal light volume, healthy, you know, shallow pullback, it's down four, five, six percent, eight, nine percent, and then it bounces, great. If the market goes down twenty or thirty percent, you're back in a bear market. So uh according to your philosophy, now's not a bad time to take a look at it, decide what you're willing to give back for anything you've gained, set your stops. Correct. And uh keep your eye on it and look for the next buying opportunity, which is not necessarily right now yeah, and we're still in, we're still exactly sean and we're still in an uptrend just keep that in mind pullbacks happen 
2017 was one of the strongest years in the market. 2013, super strong year in the market. And both those years had multiple pullbacks to the 50-day moving average. Right now, we haven't touched the 50 in since March, and it's August. So it's normal and healthy to see the market pull back into the 50-day moving average, even break it for a little bit and then get back above it. So pullbacks, I welcome them with open arms because you separate the strong stocks from the weak ones. Most people tap out. They, they're just, they get knocked out of the market, and then it just sets the stage for another leg higher. All right, everybody, that's the podcast for this week. This week, we'll be watching to see if this recent pullback finds its bottom. Adam always says that the market is speaking. Are you listening? This is a good week. Keep your ears open and listen. As Adam always says, keep your losses small and let your winners fly. Hold on to your butts.